Hi, how you doing? Come on, you can come over and, and sit right next to me. Oh, I'm sure. Now, I want to share with you a story because right now we're beginning the Christmas season. How many of you have seen all the lights out there? Have you begun to see the lights in some houses, in the stores? Let us have a moment of prayer as we pray for God's illumination in our hearts so that God's words would become life in us and really move us in a magnificent way. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the children. We thank you for the moments that we spent with them. We thank you for, for their sincerity and for their candidness. We thank you because they're not pretentious. We thank you because they are real and genuine. And you even said that we have to be like a child to enter into the kingdom. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you for helping us take away our pretentiousness. And we can be real with one another as we are your children together. Now, illumine your word in our hearts. Speak to each one of our hearts or mind. And that we walk out from this building not in the same manner in which we walked in, but rather bigger in spirit and stronger in faith. Through Christ our Lord, we ask these things. Amen and amen. Uh, if you have your Bible, I will be teaching this uh, uh, month about Christmas, right? <laughs> I should be. It would be very odd if I would deal with the topic of the resurrection in a season like this, though it's been done before, uh, because they're very much linked together, because it is the life of our Savior. But go ahead and look in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and, we'll, and also look for Matthew chapter 12, and mark your fingers, uh, put your fingers as a marker, because I won't be starting there immediately, because I want to introduce the series that we're doing. I want to talk about the idea that this being our first Christmas, this being the very first Christmas of Light of Hope. How many of you realize that? That this is the very first Christmas of Light of Hope. And in order to, to commemorate that, next Sunday I'm expecting a, a little memento for each one of us that we will be able to get. And, and it's a Christmas ornament that says, Light of Hope. First Christmas 2013. So we will be able to enjoy that and celebrate that. Because to be honest with you, when can we do this again? <laughs> Not for a long time. So we're glad that we're going to be able to celebrate that together. And our church's name is what? Light of Hope. So I was trying to figure out, Lord, how are we going to do this Christmas together? Knowing that we are coming from three different congregations, from three very different ways of celebrating and emphasizing Christmas, perhaps, and that everybody... So how do we do it? Well, I brought something a little bit different, and I thought, well, we are Light of Hope, so why don't we celebrate the season of lights at Light of Hope? And having the season of lights at Light of Hope, it became very clear, well, what will we be speaking about? Well, you know, it was kind of clear. The season, if you look at your bulletin, it has the picture of the Advent wreath, very similar to ours. And if you were to have one of those postcards that we are out there sharing with our community, they look almost alike. And I have to tell you that in humbleness, it was not this well coordinated. It kind of happened. It kind of happened. Actually, at the last moment, when we were decorating, we were kind of frantic because we didn't know whether the order of the messages were going to match the covers because we didn't plan it. 
and it worked out. But here we are in a season where many people in the world are frantic, distressed, and stressed. Actually, to lower that level, I think that's why Black Friday has been extended to Turkey afternoon shopping. And a lot of the stores were busy Thursday afternoon already by 8 o'clock in South Florida. People had left their homes and they were at the malls. And it was frantic. I don't go to those places. I just hear about it in the news from far, far away. I had the blessing that my lemon tree was really giving lemons, and it was full of lemons. And if you don't know this, my lemon tree actually produces pink lemonade. There is such a hybrid, and it does, now it's not the commercial pink that you see in the colors, obviously. But it is pink lemonade. But in that season of frantic, season of distress, season where in some statistics, in some places, suicide increases. In some places, psychiatric and mental health disorders increase because people are so stressed and they are so busy with the season that they forget what is it all about. Actually, they live, like Scripture reminds us, they live in this world without God and without hope. They celebrate and they fall in the rat race of doing and doing and doing, which I kind of enjoy some of it. This year I have the pleasure of doing two Christmas trees. One in the house in Miami, which we left done, and the one I do up here. So yesterday when I was going through the machines, they had to pass one of my luggages three times. Because they asked me, what do you have in there? Besides the pastelitos that I brought for you guys, the food that we had downstairs, the Cuban pastries. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. Sunday school's getting cool down there. Uh, uh, getting neat. Uh, so, so, you know, they, they, I, got, I got Christmas lights and Christmas ornaments. A whole suitcase full of Christmas lights and Christmas ornaments. They had never seen something like that in the screens. <laughs> so they open it up. Just check it out. You want one? <laughs> so I brought my Christmas. So yes, I get into that, but there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. And if we become frantic, it is because we want to glorify God, not because we have to perform because it's the season. So instead of having a season of hopelessness, a season of meaninglessness, I would like to offer our congregation in these next few weeks a season for renewal, a season for a new perspective, for a new way of life, for a new way of thinking about life, and for a new way of even dealing with yourself, for a way, and, and not just be victims of the rat race out there of the season, but having the option to look at the lights and realize what they really mean. So I am going to use for the verse, for the overarching verse for this series, is going to be John 1, 4, and 5. Don't look it up because I will be repeating it for a while, very often. It says, the Word gave life to everything that was created. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. His life brought light to everyone. The light, oh, and then this amazing statement from John, which is actually a philosophical statement along with an old Jewish understanding. And it says, the light shines in the darkness. But the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot overtake it. The darkness, the old versions says, could not comprehend it, said the old versions. 
because the light is the light of the world. So we wish to explore in this coming month the kind of life that brings light to our lives. What kind of life brings light to our life? What kind of life brings gems and brings pearls, bring wisdoms of light? What kind of life can change, transform, inspires our life to make a difference in all these family, family gatherings in spite? And yes, let the drama come in because we can make the difference. You can have therapists in your families? <laughs> so we can actually have this wonderful season where we explore the alternative. And then I want to share with you some, one of the, we will examine the real hope. And, and that will be today. Today we'll begin with the lights of hope, in plural. What lights does God offer us that can give us hope? We will also examine and explore the God, the, the love, but the kind of love that God has for us. That's the second Sunday. The first Sunday I want to talk about and navigate through the idea of joy, the joy that gives you the strength. Now, joy is very different than gladness and, and happiness. There are very different concepts. We'll explore that and navigate through that ocean. We will search the meaning of tr true peace, the peace that Jesus talks about, the peace that passeth all understanding. What is that about? What kind of peace is that? But today I want to start Let's start with the hope, the kind of hope that God's talk about. Not the hope that you and I typically talk about, but for that, let us go to Scripture in Jeremiah, chapter 17, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, chapter 17, verses 6 and verse 7. It says, they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. In Matthew chapter 12, Verses 18 through 21, we read, This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning Jesus. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout, nor raise his voice in public. He will not he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of the entire world. Light of hope. In English, as well as in Spanish, the word hope is sometimes used in a very wrong fashion. For example, today when we talk about hope, it's kind of a wishful thinking. It's kind of, I hope it really happens. It's, I hope so. And that doesn't show me a lot of assurance. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. That just tells me that you are really dependent. This kind of hope that we kind of have in society is the kind of hope that we just deal with it. Uh, and it really is up to chance. It really is up to circumstances because we talk about it as, well, I hope so. I have had conversations with some of our members, and I tell them, do you, do you know that you belong to Jesus? And they said, I hope so. Well, you know, that really didn't give me a lot of confidence. And, and I don't think the person is either projecting a lot of assurance 
and confidence when they talk about that kind of hope. This is a hope that the world has. It's based on finances. It's based on self-worth and self-image. It is based on self-effort. It is based on nothing but ourselves and what we can do. And I find that to be so flimsy, so ice over water, thin ice that anybody can sink to it. You see, it is a very superficial hope. And even when we say it, I hope so, we end up perhaps with a frown because we are really not sure when we say that. Now, Scripture on the other hand, does not deal with hope in that manner. And this is perhaps one of the first lies that I want to share with you. Because it is actually the lights of hope. And one of these lights that I want to share with you is the idea that in Scripture, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not wishful thinking. Because the hope the Scripture talks about is actually a hope that is described as... uh, Promises. It is birthed out of prophecies. It is actually the idea that God promises that something better is going to happen in your life. You see, the lights of hope, according to Scripture, a better translation of the word hope is confident hope. Because it is based not on our circumstances, not on our strength, The hope that the Bible talks about is not based on my ability to carry it out or the chance of it may be happening or not. But it is based in the person and character of God and God's promises. So the hope that we talk about in Scripture is not based, it's based on God. It is the kind of hope that actually works. Because it is from God. Now, what kind of God is this? Well, this is a God that gives assurances to people. That when he, God, decided to reveal God's self to individuals, he made a covenant. Amazing. He gave assurances. He gave prophecies. He gave expectations of positive happenings in our lives. He talked about redemption. He actually intervened and is involved in our lives. What an amazing light of hope we have there. But what kind of God is this, you see? Because this God is not man, as the book of Numbers tells us in in chapter 23. God is not a man so that he does not lie. And he is not human, so he does not change his mind. Steady light, people. Steady light. The verse continues with two rhetorical questions with the answer is obviously no. The writer says, has he ever spoken and failed to act? (laughs) No. Has he ever promised and not carried it out? The answer is obviously no. So this is the Lord in which I am placing my hope. Who are you placing your hope? And who? Is the Lord of your hope. You see, God is a God of promises. God is a God that promises. He makes promises so that you and I can have a trusting relationship with God. And because, actually, you know how many promises are in the Bible? Any idea? 3,000 you've heard? Actually, nobody knows. There are so many that some people say that there are 7,000 promises. 
And some say there are 3,000. You know what that is? There's a lot. That's what it means. There's a whole bunch of them. And we can't figure out how many there are, but there's a whole bunch of them. And the fact that there are three to 7,000 promises, that tells me that God does care about us. And about those three, 30, you know, 3,000 to seven, 300. 300, that's a better number. We know about those. Are about Jesus. The light of the world. But, but let me just show you, share with you a few promises about the, who is the Lord of your hope. You see? This is the God, and this is the God that goes ahead and says that he, that he would be sending Emmanuel, God with us. And I think he's demonstrated that. This is the God who promises that Jesus, I prophesied that Jesus was going to be an immigrant refugee in an unwelcome land. Oh, hello. That's another light I didn't see there. This is the God that says that Jesus will heal the brokenhearted. Any broken hearts around here to be healed? Another lights of hope. This is the God that promises that Jesus will be the shepherd for his flock. And guess what? He is the good shepherd. This is the God that promises in the Old Testament that this Messiah would provide water to the thirsty and he's become our living water. And this is the God that promises that Jesus will be, will give life to his people and he is the way. He is the truth, and He is the life. He came to establish a kingdom on earth, and it is the kingdom of God. And heaven, as it is, on heaven will it be on earth. It was the, this God that decided to declare Him God and Lord over all, that He would bring all things together in what's called today the church that you and I belong to. But let me share some of the lights of hopes from Jesus himself. Jesus himself made over 200 promises. And let me ask you, who is the Lord of your hope? Let me talk about Jesus now. You see, Jesus offers new spirit. He offers and he promises to, to give you a new life, to give you the resurrection, to give you abundant living. He promises to be the good shepherd. He promises to be the resurrection, the life eternal. Is this the Lord of your hope? He promises to give you, to never leave you, never forsake you. He promises to be your friend. He promises to be the good friend that you have. He actually promises to do good works, that you would be doing good works on his behalf. He actually promises to remove our old files, to restart, rekindle, reboot, and even remove old files and replace them with a whole new hard drive from God. Who is the Lord of your hope? Who is the Lord of your hope? Is it you? Is it your company? Is it your finances? Is it your partner in life? Is it your money? Is it your own health? We know it frails. Is it your own strength? Who? Who? Who is the Lord of your life? Listen to these words. Who is like among you, O God? O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great things, lover of his people. Who is the Lord of your hope? Yes, 
Joyful are those who live, who live like this. Joyful are those whose God is their hope. Who is the Lord of your hope? Scripture says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust in him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out singing in thanksgiving. Who is the Lord of your hope? Put your trust in the light. Well, it still may be found. Then you will become children of light. Who is the Lord of your hope? So be strong and be courageous, for I am the Lord that gives you hope and strength. Who is the Lord of your hope? When doubt filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Who is the Lord of your hope? And his hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the spirit to fill our hearts with love. Who is the Lord of your hope? Because love flourishes into hope. Hope spreads into joy. And joy bridges peace. And we'll be talking about the lights of hope of love, of joy, and peace. And on Christmas Eve, invite your friends because we will be talking about the light of the world. By that time, I should have a few more lights to offer and share with all of us. As in this season of lights, we discover the lights that Jesus has for us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is a light and light to our path. We thank you for the things that we learn from your word because they can change us. We thank you that you are the hope of our lives, that you are hope because you are God and we can trust, rely, recline on you. And know that whatever you say is going to come to pass. Because it happened with Jesus. So it will happen with us. Thank you, Lord, for being so wonderful. Thank you for sharing lights of hope with each one of us. Thank you because you are the hope of the world. And we have the privilege of knowing you. May we just not keep this hope to ourselves, but share it with a world who lives without a God and without hope. Move us, Holy Spirit, through Christ our Lord. Amen and amen.